back to the show. Now, you know, the, the, the Dable situation, especially when it pertains to Wink Martindale, most of the coverage seems to lean toward that Dable's got to have a little bit of an adjustment with the way he comports himself. And that Wink might have been in the right. Now, knowing Dable as I do, have a little bit of a relationship with him, I don't see him as that bad guy. Now, he's probably a yeller and a screamer, but a lot of football coaches are. And I read everybody that covers the Giants, all the guys and gals that cover the Giants. And, you know, one guy jumped out at me, and he seems to be leaning more toward Dable than toward the fact that, well, this guy has to change if he's going to succeed. And that's Art Stapleton, who covers the Giants for the record in New Jersey. And Art joins us right now. Art, Michael, Don, and Peter, thanks for coming on. How you doing? What's up, fellas? I'm doing all right. What's up? Um, I got to, I'm honored, Michael. I got to be honest here. Been looking forward to the conversation. So have I. So, well, so let's well, get at it. Let's let's do it. So why why do you see? I'm not saying that you're isolated because people are not anti Dable, but I'm trying to read between the lines. Being a former writer, that a lot of them are are leaning more toward Wink. I don't know. Maybe Wink is a source. I'm not quite sure. You seem to be leaning more toward Dable. So talk me through that. Why do you think Dable is less at fault than others think? Well, I think you nailed it in terms of the yelling and the screaming. I mean, we've all seen it on the sideline. Uh, you know, we've seen Dable's personality and persona and attitude, you know, take shape on the sideline of games. Uh, the reality to me is, you know, when is he getting upset at people? He's getting upset at people when the, he's wanting to hold them accountable, players, coaches alike. Uh, and I think this entire situation with, with Wink Martindale, I think we kind of lose perspective as to where the Giants were in this season. We all know about the, the two-year curse for Giants head coaches, right? I mean, the last three head coaches, their second season bottomed out, and they all lost their jobs. So the Giants sitting at 2-8. and eight. What did you want Dable to do? Did you want Dable to be like Joe Judge and go on the offensive in press conferences? I'll make the argument that cost Joe Judge his job. Do you want to be like Ben McAdoo in 2017, where he just basically let his entire team run all over him, and that cost him his job in addition to Jerry Reese, the general manager? So I'm looking at Brian Dable, and I'm trying to see a coach that tried to take control of the situation but also shielded his locker room and did not let his locker room know what was really going on behind the scenes with his coaching staff, specifically with Wink Martin. And this team fought to the end of the season when they were two and eight. Yes, they end up six and eleven. A lot of things to fix. But I see a head coach that did what he had to do in order to be able to get through his second season and kind of save face internally, but also set the program up for where it needs to go in year mm-hmm. three. And I think he saved his job. I, I, I really believe that. That had it gone the other way, and had he publicly talked about the things that were going wrong behind the scenes, I think that would have pushed John Mara and Steve Tisch to consider other alternatives that head coach. Yeah, and I agree with everything you're saying, Art, and I, and I never sided with Wink, per se. But the one piece of nuance to the conversation that I felt that John Mara needed to have is why is this going on? You know, when, with the reports that he was wearing on many different coaches in the room, like, I don't mind that he didn't get along with Wink Martindale. Okay, it bothered me he didn't fire him. I, I want to get to the bottom of that. But is it at yep. least worth investigating why these things are taking place, why there seemed to be a little dysfunction? Is it something that, as much as you may love him as a coach, that maybe Dable needs to work on? 
I think there's no question, Don, that, that he needs to evolve as a coach. I mean, this was just his second season as a head coach at any level. Uh, so I agree with you. I, I mean, I do think that they need to look in the mirror. And look, as we move forward here, who deserves the blame? Wink Martindale is no longer the defensive coordinator of the Giants. You want to consider and keep blaming Wink Martindale if you're the Giants? Well, then you're going to end up in a bad place because Wink Martindale is no longer here. So now who takes the blame? Well, the blame does go to Dable in this sense, is that he needs to figure out how he moves forward past this as a learning situation, a learning experience, and a lesson learned. Because let's be honest, Wink Martindale has a superpower. That is, he is number one. He believes he's number one. His coaches, the guys that, you know, the, the Wilkins brothers that worked with him, every time they talked about Wink Martindale, it was he's the best defensive coordinator in the league. He came here, Brian Dable hired him, they knew what they were getting. When everything was great last year, it, it was all oh, great. But when Wink started, you know, veering towards the offense versus defense and you know I don't like what Dable's doing and how he's handling things that's the head coach but if you want to put blame on someone Dable knew this away about Wink Martindale this was not something that all of a sudden just came about so that's where the blame comes I think Dable has to look at this as a lesson and say you know what I took a chance on a good coordinator but I also didn't take into account everything else and how that could really affect my program so I do agree with you that there are parts of Dable's plan here that need to change going forward and some of that look if he's yelling at people and they're not responding then that's an even bigger problem but let's not forget the first game of his tenure down in Tennessee yes everyone talked about the two-point conversion and the missed field goal and they won that game but what was the lasting impression the last yelled at Daniel Jones Thank you. And that's exactly, I talked to Phil Sims later that week, and he, we talked about his relationship with Bill Parcells and yelling at players, and, you know, Phil made a good point. He said, look, you've got to know your players. You've got to know who can handle the yelling and who can't. But we all praise Dable for getting in Jones's face after an interception. When did Dable throw the tablet this year? at Daniel Jones's feet. When Daniel Jones threw the worst interception a quarterback can throw at the goal line going in against Seattle on Monday Night Football in a huge spot. So if Dable was yelling at a guy, you know, I don't know, for going off sides for some reason in a preseason game, I'd say, you know what, he's trying to hold the guy accountable. They maybe tone it down a little bit. But when we've seen Dable lose his mind on the sideline, it's been in key moments that, quite frankly, his players and his coaches have let the team down. And I think that's his message. Now, if his messaging is being lost, and I don't get that sense in the locker room, uh, then it's a, a bigger issue than maybe I'm letting on. But I, I do think that it's all about the messaging, and I do think his messaging is getting through. We're talking with Art Stapleton, who covers the Giants for the record. So, Art, uh, I'm going to piggyback on something that Don said in his question. Uh, if you fire the two brothers, you know... Mm-hmm. That's going to anger Wink. Why didn't they just fire Wink? He knew that that was what it was going to lead to. Yeah, I think they were playing games. And I think they were playing games uh, from a legal perspective. Because I don't think the Giants wanted to fire Wink. Because I know, look, this entire organization, you know, there are many levels, as we all know. And I'm not telling you guys that you don't know anything. Yeah, no, from that. But the reality is that 
Brian Dable knew what was going on. Joe Shane knew what was going on. Wink Martindale knew what was going on. Wink Martindale wanted out. He let everyone who wanted to know from Thanksgiving weekend on that there were problems. But why did, well, let's stop there. Why did he want out? He and Dable didn't get along? Yeah, I think he just got to a point where he wanted a better situation. And, you know, from people I've talked to, a similar thing happened in Baltimore. The idea that Wink looked at it and said, essentially, and again, these are my words, not his, but his talents were being wasted. That the defense was playing as well as they could play. The offense wasn't playing any good. And he didn't want to work with Dable anymore. And he didn't believe that Dable... You know, could be a winning head coach, in, in from what I've heard from people who knew, you know, Wink's thinking. So he, he wanted to explore other opportunities, and you know, if the Giants had fired him, then what would have been said at the time? Well, we didn't know anything about this, and you know, now Dable just fired a defensive coordinator, and who knows? You know, Wink may finish the season as Philly's defensive coordinator. I mean, that's the way this thing could have played but out. But why didn't so, they fire Wink at the end of the year when it was all said and done? Why, why go they, the, they, for the brother route? Well, I, you know, I think in essence they didn't want to pay him three million dollars to go coach somewhere else. I, I really think that that had had a lot to do with it. And in in not firing him because he was under the contract, they knew that somewhere along the line this was going to have to go to essentially litigation. And what they came to as an agreement was. Wink said, you can, you know, basically his representation said, keep your $3 million, but we want freedom to go wherever we want to go. And that's essentially what happened. The Giants kept their $3 million as an organization, and Wink was able to go wherever so, he wanted so to go. So are you saying, Art, that, that Dable wanted him to stay and Wink didn't? So it was Wink not getting along with Dable that wanted him out, or did Dable not like Wink's style? No, I think I think ultimately, if you ask Brian Dable, you know, would you have fired Wink Martindale? Uh, you know, again, I, he hasn't told me this, but I would say he'd say, you know, this re- relationship is beyond repair. We have to move on. I think they played some games at the end of the season because they knew legally, if they did what they wanted to do and just fired him, which is ultimately you would give Wink the three million dollars plus you would allow Wink to go wherever he wanted to go. By doing what they did, by saying that you know the expectation is he works out the rest of his contract, they knew Wink was not going to stay. Uh, and I think they, they played on that. Uh, so ultimately, uh, they knew there was going to be some sort of agreement, some sort of compromise, and that's what ultimately happened. Now, you could make the argument that, that Dave and the Giants should have said, no big deal, you know, if he's detrimental to the program, then just fire him and argue behind the scenes about you know, getting the money back. But I think that's why they went the route they went is because they didn't want to see him all of a sudden, you know, end up in Philly with three games to go and have to face Wink's defense on Christmas and and face Wink's defense in Philly uh, in the season finale of the game. Again, that's just my speculation. But from what I've heard, that sounds like they they knew litigation was going to be the way they had to go, and that's the way they got there. Now, I believe that uh, I, I have a lot of confidence in Dable based on on how he was able to hold things together and the team was clearly better at the end of the year than they were at the start of the year. But if things had gone sideways, Art, and, and they finished 2-15, and 15, would the previous two-year tender, tenures had kept him as coach or would they be tempted to, to go another route? I tell you what, I mean, I, initially I'd say... You know, I thought Joe Judge was going to be here for year three. So, I mean, you know, and and the reality is that I think John Mara at the end of Joe Judge's second year, which 
turned out to be a disaster of an ending. I think John Mara, there was part of him that really wanted to keep Joe Judge for year three because he didn't feel like it's a fair enough assessment for a head coach to give them just two years. But if they had finished 2-15 and and this issue with Martindale and other assistant coaches, whomever, however total that was, if that played out to two and fifteen, and this locker room did not respond to Dable, and then you look at well, Bill Belichick's on the market, and Mike Vrabel's on the market, and Jim Harbaugh is available, mm-hmm. you know, maybe John Marin, Steve Tisch would have looked at it and said, boy, you know, this really didn't end up the way we wanted. Do we make the jump at, at something more of a proven commodity? I, I don't know if I can, you know, say that would have happened because it's a hypothetical, but. They didn't finish 2-15, and and I think Dable does get credit for that, and I think that's why they're moving forward and they're able to convince ownership that they're moving in the right direction, at least their plan. Now, did they make a lot of missteps this year? Is there still a lot to fix? Absolutely. Are they they any closer to challenging for the NFC East? I can't say that right now. After this offseason, maybe they're closer, but uh, I think – they earned a third year by the way they were able to insulate the locker room, get these players to continue to play for them when they were essentially out of the playoffs. Regardless of what we said mathematically, uh, they were out of the playoffs on Thanksgiving. Hard, great stuff. It was very interesting reading you on social media, so we definitely wanted to talk to you. We appreciate it, bud. Okay, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. You got thanks, it. Hart. So uh, it looks like Martindale was the issue. He didn't. I mean, I, I mean, imagine like a defensive coordinator. I'm wasting my talents because the offense isn't good. Every Jet defensive coordinator could say that for the last three years. Mm-hmm. But I still don't like the way they went about it. I mean, three million dollars to an NFL team. Who? cares no, and also it, well, listen, there's offset language so the guy's going to get a job somewhere else the going rate for a defensive coordinator is anywhere from two to three million dollars so let's say he signed with another team at two million the giants be on the hook for a million dollars they're playing games like that to make themselves look bad now that's obviously john mara i mean i, I don't think dable would have any problem firing him and maybe shane too dollars i mean i or shane's like listen we're not going to do it or is it just a case of hey i'll, I'll live with it because i think he's a de- good defensive coordinator i want to get rid of the guys that were leaking information i'm going to try to make this work but i i i just if you don't like them fire right why play games like that say three million bucks because what ended up happening guys i'm correct me if i'm wrong they worked everything out he's free to go wherever he wants right so he can still have to pay him right now they don't have to pay him they saved the three million but remember when we had jordan ron on it earlier he said well maybe it was just a case of being able to control where he goes well now they don't have they don't have that control they negotiated that so they gave that control away so they could save a piddly three million dollars this is an nfl team worth six billion dollars probably and dallas could be looking for a defensive coordinator certainly philadelphia is i mean so he could end up being the d coordinator with a for a rival or, or the commanders i mean there's a very good chance he is going to be in the nfc east next year so one thing that Art said is that you know when you see him yelling, he's yelling at people that doesn't didn't do their job. Are you okay with that, or you you think that even if you don't do your job, you don't deserve to be yelled well, I'm, at? I'm, my only issue, if you go back to the Cowboy or the the Seattle game, where he really went at Jones for that interception, he threw the the right. tablet at his feet, and there was another time too where he went after Jones. The whole team stunk. So why is Jones being singled because out? Because maybe Jones is the guy he thinks can handle it. Like, oh, maybe. like Bill thought that Phil could handle it. True, but so but but that means that it's it's strategic. It looked to me like he was he was losing as you know what. Mm-hmm. Like I guess that's the difference. 
Because you're not winning, right? Like, Bill Parcells could do that. I mean, he'd won a Super Bowl. He was winning. Not too many losing seasons. He had the credentials. Dable, he won a playoff game. But when I saw him ripping into Jones, it looked like he was singling Jones out. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that that was unfair because the whole team stunk. And as it turned out, Daniel Jones was a problem, but one of many problems this team had, especially early in the season. They weren't blocking. They weren't defending. Their special teams were god-awful. Remember, it's interesting that your your offensive line coach, your defensive coordinator, and your special teams coach are all gone. But one of the biggest problems they had all year was their offense. Kafka's not going anywhere. But Kafka's getting head coach, coaching interviews. Right, he's so coaching in the East West Shrine game. Yeah. I mean, so, but, but there was a lot of issues with this team. So was he singling out Daniel Jones because it was a moment to send a message to the rest of the team, a la Bill Parcells? Or was it a guy that was just losing his you-know-what? to the one guy that he felt like he wanted to just rip into because I still believe he doesn't particularly like Daniel Jones. That's just my that's my theory, how he kind of in love with Tommy DeVito. I, I'm not sure that Dable's in love because I'm not sure he feels like he can win with him. Well, he fell out of love with Tommy, too. Oh, yeah. Right. But that that's no big deal at the end of the day because there's no contract for Tommy DeVito. I hope he has a future, but it may not be here. There's still, theoretically, three more years of Daniel Jones or at least one guaranteed year still live, left with him. Um, but, uh, but it isn't even the abuse. I don't care. I just want to get to the bottom of, does he need to tone this down? Is he somebody that's difficult to work with? Because they've got to go out and find three other coaches. Now, they were able to get the guy from the Raiders, and he's very highly respected, so it doesn't look like it's that big of an issue. And I'm not siding with Wink, because it sounds like Wink had an ego, and there's a lot of things going on there. But I do want to get to the bottom of making sure that we get the right coaches here because you still have to win, and this still was a six-win season. Now, speaking of coaches, this happened after we were off the air yesterday. I think it surprised all three of us. Probably surprised a lot of the people listening as well. Nothing changing in Dallas. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts. Well, Go for it, baby. I, I just, I, I, To me, this is a, a wild decision, and I guess suggests that more than anything, Jerry Jones just wants to be in control and doesn't want to have a lot of back and forth. He wants someone to execute what he wants done, and so he'd rather, especially with a guy who's rattling off 12 wins a year, even if he can't compete in the playoffs and falls flat on his face in big spots, he would rather win the 12 games a year, have the full building, make all the money they're making, you know, trot out Dak Prescott, sell lots of jerseys, and and lose. Well, then, the, then the whole like narrative that oh, no, he's desperate for Super Bowl it can't be true. It, I I would say that's the answer here. He because guys, he's not. They're they're going to let Bill Belichick go to Atlanta. I think the fact that Belichick was available is what spooked him. Because if he got rid of McCarthy, he had to hire Belichick. Had to. Just because it's the Jerry because Jones thing to do. That's the guy. He, he's the best guy available. The money shouldn't be an issue. And I think that spooked him because he knew he'd have to hire Belichick. But, but again, and I know I sound like a crazy person at this point, but considering how ready this Dallas team is, that wouldn't have been a great spot to sort of split the difference and go get Pete Carroll instead? Yeah, you have yeah, to get he, Belichick where you have to give him control I, of everything? I'd, I'd get someone... I don't know. I see why Belichick would be too much for him. And I see why Jerry would be too much for Belichick. It's not a great fit, but there wasn't any other option. That he could have brought in there at this point. He, he, he wants, but Vrabel's got a personality. 
right? Pete Carroll's got a personality. He wants a guy that when they win the Super Bowl, he's standing next to him, lifting up that trophy together, and all eyes are really on him because the coach is not really that big. Well, that's McCarthy. Even though McCarthy's won a Super Bowl, it's kind of looked at Aaron Rodgers' Super Bowl, not Mike McCarthy's Super Bowl. Because because if he wins it with Pete Carroll, if he wins it with with, uh, Belichick, he's going to have to share the credit. And with Bill, Bill would, would swallow up the room. Today, today is the anniversary of the greatest sports moment probably of my life, which is the Redskins-Vikings NFC Championship game, 87 season in 1988, okay. when it happened. I just watched the play at the end. I don't remember, Don. It was fourth and four for the Vikings inside the five. They had a chance to win the game. Daryl Green breaks up a pass. Redskins win. The second it happens, the cameras, as the crowd's going insane back in the day when we had fans and RFK is shaking, the, the camera is only on Joe Gibbs for the next 90 seconds. It is all Joe Gibbs. That is not a situation that Jerry Jones ever wants. And that is not who Mike... Are you telling me that if the Cowboys did it, the cameras would just be locked in on Mike McCarthy? You wouldn't even see him. You would see Dak Prescott to Jerry Jones, to Dak Prescott to Jerry but Jones. But I would agree with you, but he, he, he took the dive on Parcells. I, but that's uh, times change. That was a long time ago. Maybe he's gotten more comfortable being in this role. I mean, don't forget. I mean, Parcells relative to, relative to the whole Jerry Jones run was relatively early. This is a new this this is the Jerry Jones of the last twenty years. He what, runs this team was, in every way. What was Parcells last year? That was oh six with the Cowboys, right? That, that was the last game with the Romo. Fumble yeah, well, snap. Romo that was oh six. Yeah. And what year, that long? Ago. What, what year did Jer- Jerry get the team? Mid eighties. Or early 80s? 80, 89, I think, was his first year. Yeah. yeah. So, and he, and he hired Parcells in what, 2000? 2000. He was there three years or four? So, early Parce- 2000. 21, yeah, yeah. maybe 20 years ago. Parcells first. I think he was there three years. Yeah, and Michael, be, at least and Michael, maybe the Parcells thing was a never again moment for him. But they played well, and if Romo doesn't fumble that snap, that, that team could have won the Super Bowl. But then think about who we've had after that. From your from your Wade Phillips and Jason Garrett's and Mike McCarthy's, he does not bring in guys who bring a lot of uh, charisma to this job. Uh, four years, Parcells was there. Four years, okay, and he got the team in '89. All right, so we'll talk more about that I, again. I, I guess uh, you know we're just projecting. He's 81. He's desperate for Super Bowl. If you're going to keep Mike McCarthy, you're not you're not desperate for Super Bowl. The way and and there's also news out of Dallas today that if Dan Quinn doesn't get any job, they're going to keep him as defensive coordinator. Who he was completely coached under the rug by Lafleur, coached under the rug. Had no answers. Oh, you would think they'd at least have to do that. Well, some right? chairs are going away. It looks like Philadelphia is not going to make a change. Dallas now is not going to make a change. So I still think there could be a, a team for Quinn, right? Even if Belichick goes to Atlanta and Harbaugh goes to LA, there's still Carolina. There's still is, Washington. Is Harbaugh, there's is Harbaugh still looking like the front runner for LA? Yeah. Interesting. So fit. You still have Carolina, Washington, Seattle. Washington, I, th- I think, is a done deal. You do? I feel. I feel pretty. Pretty sure it's going to be the, the the Detroit OC. Well, they might have to wait for him. Well, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL playoffs, is bringing you an offer that'll help make the playoffs electrifying. New customers can bet five bucks on any game and get two hundred instantly in bonus bets. Can the Texans or Packers pull off the upset? Plus, everyone gets a no sweat same game 
parlay for every playoff game day. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code EMPIRE. New customers can bet just 5 bucks to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code EMPIRE. The crown is yours. You must be 21 plus, physically present in New York. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Opt-in required. One no-sweat token issued per eligible day after opt-in. No-sweat bonus bet issued based on amount of losing qualifying bet. Eligibility, max reward limits, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Hey, buddy, hey. Catch the show on demand wherever you want. Just subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. The old line by Al. Go down now. Albert Einstein. I call him Al. Yeah. Doing the same thing over and over and expecting something to change is the definition of insanity. Oh, the definition of insanity. I, I was really surprised when they didn't fire McCarthy. I mean, that was a bad performance. They were favored. They had not lost at home. They they continually get knocked out in the first round. They beat a bad Tampa Tom Brady team last year. So I don't know right. if that really counts, but the bottom line is, wow, that's, that's just amazing that they kept but, but, uh, them. I, I, again, I'm still surprised because I just felt like the age and the lack of a championship 25 years now was going to win out over his ego. But it just shows you how big Jerry's ego is. He wants no part of a championship unless he's the man. And you're right, Michael. If he fires McCarthy, he has to get Belichick. Now, if Belichick says no, great. But Belichick probably wasn't going to say no. Maybe going the Parcells route back in the day that was a significant amount of time ago finally soured him on. I'm not. I don't want to work with the Jimmy Johnsons anymore. I don't want to work with the Bill Parcells anymore. I want to be the man. And you take a look, as Peter said, the coaches since Parcells. You know, Wade Phillips, known commodity, but certainly not any kind of huge personality. You know, hadn't won big elsewhere. Same thing with you know, Jason Garrett. My Dave God, Campo? Dave Campo was before. But yeah, like he's got a list of guys that just don't, are not very impressive. Because he wants to be the man. He didn't... Jerry and Jimmy didn't get along because Jimmy took credit. Jimmy Jimmy made transactions. He knew people around the NFL. He was a winner. They had to share that championship together. He doesn't want to share it, Michael. He wants it to be like 75-25. 
He wants, when they win that Super Bowl and that clock zeroes out, that Fox or CBS or whoever has the game, the first thing they show is Jimmy Johnson on the sidelines cheering. That, uh, Jerry, Jerry Jones cheering. That's what he wants. Now, let me throw this at you. Maybe he um, contacted Belichick and, and he said, and Belichick said, no well, way. Adam Schefter was on earlier today. You want to hear it? I have it right yes, here. play it. Here it is on, on Get Up. Did Jerry Jones kick the tires on any other coaches? He did not kick the tires on those coaches, to the best of my knowledge. Now, is it possible that there's some clandestine call that I did not hear or know about? Yes, that's possible. But to the best of my abilities, Green, I don't believe that Jerry Jones reached out to these coaches and tested the waters and kicked the tires, however you want to call it, to see whether they would be interested in becoming the Dallas Cowboys head coach. I think he was deciding on what to do with Mike McCarthy singularly. And he made the decision that his team was better off. No. Now, here's Dan Orlovsky, uh, also on Get Up, saying that this was the wrong decision. I think it's the wrong decision by Dallas. We'll find out next January who's right. Jerry Jones said, well, Mike McCarthy's got the highest win percentage in the history of the Cowboys for a regular season. Stop right there. Don't talk to us about Super Bowls anymore then. Don't feed us this lie that there's nothing on planet Earth that you'll do more than try to win a Super Bowl. You, you are literally keeping a coach, and in your words, because he wins in the regular season. He doesn't win in the playoffs. Certainly not with you guys. The second thing is, well, Mike McCarthy doesn't deserve the blame. Well, then who does? Who, if, if you just witnessed and watched one of the worst playoff losses in the history of your organization, an absolute collapse, where does the blame fall? He's right. He's right. You know, it's almost like well, it, the Yankees can't talk about wins in the regular season. They can't. I mean, they're, the the foundation of the team is built upon 27 championships. So you can't shift focus and say, well, we won 100 games. No. What did you do in the postseason? They've... they've They've trained their right. fans to think like that. The Cowboy fans are the same and, way. And, and and the sickness with Jerry is that I think he even likes it when he's blamed. He he wants it to be all about him. He even said, I take responsibility for the loss. Like So if they continue to lose with McCarthy and people blame Jerry, I think he's good with that. Whether he's getting blame, he's getting praise, as long as he's being talked about with the Dallas Cowboys. If he gets the blame for their losses, he's cool. If he gets the praise for them winning, he's great. I just think he wants it to be all about him. Winning, losing, all about him. Take a look at the coaches since Parcells. Take a look at the coaches between Jimmy Johnson and Bill Parcells. The fact that he's on the sidelines, the fact that he has every part of that organization, Michael, I think he'd rather lose and it be his fault than win and somebody else get all the praise for it. And whether it's Pete Carroll, whether it's um, Bill Belichick, if they won a Super Bowl, he'd have to share or have to give over the majority of the praise to the head coach. He's not willing to do that. Let's go to Danny in Long Island. Danny couple of things, guys. It's funny because in 2024, it's all about passing. But the Cowboys are gone because they couldn't stop the run and they couldn't run the ball when they needed to. So some things never change in football. I'm shocked that this was a survivable offense because that team was not prepared to play. That defense was the worst I've ever seen. I watched a tight end catch a pass down the sideline like it was a punt. And there wasn't anybody even near him. And then he lumbered down the sideline. Uh, it was it was like watching Rich Eisen do his 40-yard dash, and there was nobody there. But I th- I'm going to take the opposite tack then, uh, Don. I think it's because he's old that he doesn't think there's time to strip it down and rebuild. And maybe his, they don't think they can rebuild on the fly. And the Eagles, they're bringing it all back. Miami, they collapse. They're bringing it all back. 
So I think it's because he's older that maybe, you know, sometimes people... But, but, get but, older, but what get does that mean, older. though? Danny, if he hires Belichick, they're not rebuilding. Yeah, well, Bel- he may know he's not getting Belichick. Belichick may say, I don't want... For some reason, he may not want to go there. So then what's the next best step? You got is just I guess Pete Carroll. You're not rebuilding. He's also 72. I I I I'm just I'm trying. I'm just trying to get into. The, it doesn't make any sense. So I'm trying to come up no. with a possible mindset. And last but not least, I don't know if you're aware of it, but our friend Peter has taken on the entire Swifty Nation on his Instagram account. I have seen a level of vitriol directed at Pete over his anti-Swift positions that I've never seen in my life. I mean, it really. He, he he should have a bodyguard at this point. No, don't even don't even worry. What Rel- are you doing, Peter? Relative to what I've said, like what, things. What like, are you doing? It's only got what eighty-one comments. Anything that bad? Well, what are you going after? Swift I, I, listen, for? I just said all I said was I hated and Beatles on the same page as me. By the way, we're in lockstep. I just absolutely hate seeing her do the swag surf. It was horrifying. Oh, you just hate having people have fun. Honestly. Yeah. Do you do you care that Donna Kelsey did it or Brittany Mahomes? Oh, I'm not a not a big fan of Brittany Mahomes either. You've said that. Certainly not a fan of the of the brother. Uh, Donna Kelsey, I take no issue with. He's not cool. His voice is weird. He's kind of a dork. His brother's a tool. His girlfriend's annoying. And by the way, I'm gonna say I'll say it right now. You guys want to play four corners? I'll just let you know right now. Uh, I'm not playing four corners. I'm, I'm taking the Bills to smash the Chiefs. I, I, not only not only do I hate the swag surf. I, I believe it's going to get stomped out in Buffalo. This you week. you realize that they're the defending Super Bowl champions. Darn right there. Reason. Darn right there. I'm so, I'm so in lockstep with Peter. I mean, I want to want to Thelma and Louise. It. We'll just we'll hold hands. You know what? Uh, you you just got you guys give me a chance to get three points. All right. Well, yeah. It, 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 we doing you not believing? It's it. feeling very much like my three 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 point play. Good That's for what you. it's feeling like. Lock but it. but yeah, I mean, I there, I have to admit, you don't think the NFL wants Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl? So you're talking about the script? No, I'm I'm just saying. Well, how many more people are going to watch it? Did you see that the Swifties, all of Taylor's fans, put together this tearful video because Jason Kelsey is going to retire? It brings a different set of eyeballs. You know what's crazy, too, about the Kelsey thing of it? Do you know that beyond the Taylor Swift part of that, the Kelsey's had that uh, a, a doc series, yeah. or, and there are people who like love Jason Kelsey and his family just because of that too. Yeah, Jason Kelsey looks like he's a good dude. Absolutely, no, he, he looks like, but he, he's very interesting in that he also seems like a very regular dude in every way, and people just eat him and his family up. I got listen, I got no issue with uh, the Kelseys. I got no issue with Taylor Swift. I think she's super talented. I don't think this Chiefs team is great. I think the timing is just right for the Bills when they're catching them and the fact that it'll be in Buffalo. But and you just don't like the surfing. The, the swag, listen, I don't like when anyone swag surfs. It reminds me of a bad time in hip-hop. I'm not a big group dance kind of guy. Don't didn't like the electric, like the electric yeah. slide. Don't like the electric well, slide. I can do anybody, an electric slide that'll make you well, cry. That makes sense. That's one of the reasons he doesn't like it. Are you a, how, how can it make you cry? You're just doing what everybody else is doing. Yeah, but I do how it can you do such, it you, Do you really do a good such, electric yeah, slide? Yeah, such elan. So you would, you would get up, could you get up and do it right now without the song saying course, anything to you? Electric. Don't, yeah, don't I could do it. I know the words go, it's electric, but you remember the actual you play that as a DJ? Yeah. People, well, people scream. Cha cha slide, electric slide, Cotton Eye Joe, all these stupid songs. Well, you know why they're stupid? Because dancing is a form of self expression. Right. If you're just going to line dance, do what everybody else is doing, you know what they call you? Sheep. Yeah, I know. Or, or down south. I mean, they do that in Texas. I don't like, I don't like it. And all that. I was at Gillies. Have you ever been? Yeah, I have. Thank I, you. And I've been at South Fork, too. Really? Yeah. Never been to any of these places. I'd I'm, go to South Fork because that's the one thing Michael and I, big Dallas guys. Huge. Not the city, the show. 
Even I the like reboot, the city, we too. love that. We love I, the, I, the like reboot. It. Should never have been canceled. No. I, I should, think Larry Hagman dying that killed it. That probably did. I, I like. I like Dallas the city. I haven't. I've never watched. It. You think the show would still hold up if I were to go back and revisit? Don't know. Probably not. Yeah. Probably. Not. But Larry Hagman's one of the great villains of all time on TV. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm a sad. I'm sad. I was a little too young. Like all I know is the like they shot Jr. as like a who idea. shot Jr. who yeah. shot Jr. as a thing that was happening in the world. But I was. Five years old. Well, I mean, there's somebody online right now who wants to program the show, and we always need that. Alex <laughs> and Patterson, tell us what you'd like to hear. Patterson. My dad was from Patterson. Hey, guys. I love your show. Don, I met you a couple years ago um, when I was in the studio with my cousin. We spoke for a bit in the, um, in the dining area. I never met Peter. I love the show, guys. But, but. I feel you guys just constantly just pile on the Cowboys and pile on the Cowboys. I watch you guys and I listen to you guys for your perspective on the games and different sports going on. And I feel we got a lot of games and a lot of topics going on this weekend with Josh Allen being 0-2 against Mahomes in the playoffs, with um, Lamar Jackson being 1-3 in the playoffs, with Shanahan not being able to get to the Super Bowl with the squad. I feel we have so many other topics. Well, you you ever hear of a football Friday, Alex? Yeah. Yeah, of course I listen to uh, And also, you said we're talking about that. Let me, let me just break this down for you. The first hour of the show was about Strowman. Mm-hmm. That's right. Strowman. Not about the Cowboys. Then, the first 20 minutes of the 4 o'clock hour, we talked to Art Stapleton. We talked about the Giants. The final two minutes, we talked about the Cowboys. And then these next eight minutes, we talked about... That's 10 minutes out of an hour and 42 that we talked about the Cowboys. And that's too much for you? Well, because he's a Cowboy well, fan, he's upset well, they lost. Maybe because I see you guys every day, and at some point every day, you guys always bring up the Cowboys. Well, yeah, the Cowboys are pretty popular team, buddy. team in New York. Are I you a Cowboy you fan? Want... I am a Cowboy fan. Oh, so you don't like the fact that we say that they stink. That's what you don't like. No, because I see, I hear that they stink all day. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, the, the, I'm sorry, but get a new team. Get a new team. Get a new team. If they won, we'd be talking about them the same way we're talking about all the teams that won. Oh. And by the way, and if, it's if, also news. It came down last night. Jerry Jones isn't firing Mike McCarthy. And and if you really paid attention to the show, if you really paid attention, we appreciate you listening very much. Seem like a great guy. You would actually hear that at least for Don and I. We we don't even we were kind of pulling for Dak. We weren't even hating on the Cowboys this year. I don't think they were a very hateable team this year. I don't. I'm not. No, said it. I'm not ten years old anymore. I don't. I'm not one of those. I'm not Dave Rothenberg. Where like I live and breathe hating the Cowboys. So I, I wanted to see Dak perform well. Sure, I was probably pulling for the Packers for my boy Ballard, but I, I, I was not prepared to roast. We all assumed we would be talking about a Cowboys game next week. So you're you're sensitive to so it. So he's sensitive because he's a cowboy fan. Doesn't want us talking about the Cowboys because it's not good. But if they had won, then he'd want us to oil them up in a tub. Dude, by the way, if, listen. If we were Stephen A. Smith, all right, and we made our our we we literally had an entire running gimmick of trash talking your team, then you might have a kick coming. No one here hates on the Cowboys like that. No, but it was so transparent. He's just irritated because he's a cowboy fan and doesn't want to hear. About their dysfunction. Well, I'm sorry. It just came out that Jones isn't firing McCarthy. It's a story. And as much as it pains me to say, it probably goes Giants, Jets, Cowboys as far as popularity of football teams in New York. Fair point. You're not losing that much of an audience talking about the Dallas Cowboys. And Adrian Podia on, on Twitter, this Big is what fan. he writes, right? 
Now, seeing Michael K saying a 12 and 5 divisional team needs to fire the coach and needs big changes, yet when the Yankees were saying that the last few years, he's the opposite, complains about the Yankee fans being poor. I never said they should fire. Mike McCarthy. I did. Uh, no, Peter did. I, I was surprised that they didn't. I never called for anybody to be fired. No, you were surprised Adrian. because you thought Jerry would be the kind yeah, of guy who would. Jerry's 81 years old. They haven't won a Super Bowl in what? Is it 30 years? Yes. Well, it's there, the 95, right? All right. That's all I'm saying. Even though you're saying, yeah, we are spoiled, the Yankees won the World Series in 2009. They were in the ALCS two years ago. The Cowboys can't win a first round game with a team that's loaded with all pros. You see the difference? I, I, I they, don't get mad at me. He's not that old. But I'm not saying they should I, fire I, him. I, no, you're right. There, you're right. But there were. But you've talked about all the wins they've had in the regular season. That doesn't go. That doesn't work for the Cowboys. But it seems to be okay for the Yankees, though. No. It's, it's kind okay of a similar for the situation. For the Yankees. Yeah. It's kind but of not a, for the fans. Right, but it's kind of similar that they. They haven't made major changes. It's kind of the no, same no, that, thing. That part has come up. Yeah. We, but hold on, we all have had. I'm regular... not that. I'm just saying. I'm not, Michael's right. He's never called for McCarthy's job. But I think that the situations are very similar. It is very huge similar. national teams but, but, that are expected but, but, to win championships what, that haven't. In when's a while. the last time they won a, a Super Bowl? What's the year? Ninety five. Ninety five. Ninety five. How many that's championships? 14, have Yankees have since? 14 years. No, that's the Yankees have won a championship right. more recently. But McCarthy's kind of in the same boat as Aaron Boone. Yeah, in the sense, well, but no, Boone, but don't you think there's a difference that Aaron Boone's taking two teams to the ALCS? McCarthy can't get them past the first round. And, and, and I'll argue another point: the, the the Yankees haven't had in the last couple of years a totally loaded team that just flopped in the playoffs for no reason. They had disappointing seasons with teams that were below average talent, honestly, and had injury but issues. Both, but but it, we're, I'm not saying that it's completely apples to apples. But both of these teams immensely talented hey, owners that spend are they immensely well, no, talented. Come on, take a look at the pro, the, the Cowboys are, or I, no, I the said Cowboys it. are. No, that's what I'm saying. Are the Yankees they, they, immensely talented? But, but, but does that get them off their mission statement every year? Let's continue to talk about. I like this. Stuff. This is fun. Why don't you uh, do your thing? Peter? All right, guys. This is a BetterHelp commercial message. All right, it's the time of year for resolutions. But listen, consider some of the things that you want to change, and also consider the things you might want to say the same or improve upon. Okay, I know for me, therapy helps me sort of get started in the new year. Help me come up with the goals that I want to accomplish. Find some direction, some order, and also develop coping skills, healthy boundaries. BetterHelp wants to empower you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp's entirely online. It's convenient, it's flexible, and it's suited to your schedule. Complete a brief online questionnaire. Get matched to a licensed therapist. You can always change therapists at no cost. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com Peter today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash Peter. Thanks for listening to the Michael K Show podcast. Well, that's awesome. Looking for more access to the show? That's right, man. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at TMKS ESPN. Well, listen to this. ESPN New York presents an evening with Garrett Wilson. It's an intimate event in the Big Apple with the Jets' star wide receiver. For your chance to score passes to this exclusive event, including food and beverage, go to ESPNNewYork.com or find the contest page on the ESPN New York app and submit your entry. An Evening with Garrett Wilson is brought to you by Corona and Sansone Auto Mall. Now, I know where this is being held, and the fact that they didn't include that in the read, they obviously don't want that out there. But it's a great place. 
the food is outstanding. It's mm. going to be an intimate evening. Oh, yeah. With Garrett Wilson. You know what I'm talking about? Intimate. It might, be a, it might be a Bacchanal. So you're saying intimate the way you're saying it's a little odd, but... But yeah. that's what... It's written there. I know, but the way you're saying it... It said intimate, then in, in parentheses, say it in sotto voce. I don't know what that would mean. So Hello? Oh. Sotto voce? Yeah, sotto voce. Oh. Let's go to David in Little Falls, Tiny Falls, Small Falls. What's up, David? Hello. <laughs> that's a good one. Hey, hey, how you doing, fellas? Good. Uh, yeah, I just got up from a power nap, and I turned you on here on the S Network, and I heard you discussing the Dallas Cowboys. And I have a theory about them. I, I was actually a Dallas Cowboy uh, fan in my, my uh, youth, but now I'm a closet Cowboy fan. I peek at them, but I'm, I'm a Jet fan now, and that was my childhood. But I still well, have You really jumped to a better place. Yeah. So here, here's my theory, fellas. I believe the reason why Jerry Jones keeps a lot of these coaches around, especially of late, is he is the classic narcissist. He loves to have a cover, a cover guy, a fall guy, someone to defer, blame, dissemble. When things are falling apart, he doesn't have to take the, uh, the ownership. Hasn't he been the GM, basically him and his family, for like 30 years? Yeah. If I'm yeah, so how? And you just mentioned the Yankees. I'm a Met fan, but you defend. Oh, Don, you had a. If you were a defense lawyer, you would have been in trouble, Don. Mike, had you had you had you beaten? To, and I'm yeah, I'm a Met fan. You can't defend that. Five championships your GM has, Mike. And okay, 2009, the last one. The Cowboys haven't had one since '96, and yet they're they're promoted as this great this great team. And Jerry Jones is such a narcissist. A classic. A lot of money can help his narcissism. He constantly dives, dips, ducks all of the responsibility. And I can't get it why the fans can't think it through and be like, come out with their pitchforks, uh, not literal, but come out with the pitchforks and demand that the Joneses step down and, and they can own the team, but get a new GM that has real power. What, what do you guys think? Do I, am I on to something with the narcissist? Well, if, if he wants a fall no. guy, the fall guy could be anybody that he hires. It doesn't have to be Mike McCarthy. Any coach could be the fall guy. Listen, I got not. you the players and you didn't win with them. And I... It, it's really a waste of breath and a waste of any kind of like thought process to demand an owner stop owning or stop doing but, it. They're not going to do it. But but, but he's, how how is Jerry Jones ducking responsibility? He is an absolute constant. You don't think this failure is on him? You think he's keeping Mike McCarthy for cover? This guy holds a press conference at the drop of a hat. He's on television constantly. People are blaming Jerry Jones. Believe me. And I think he just wants to be the center of attention, negative, positive. That's where I believe the narcissism comes from. He wants to be the topic of conversation, whether it's blame, whether it's praise. He doesn't want to share it with anybody. He is the Dallas Cowboys, for better or worse. He took responsibility for this. He said it. This is on me. Don't look at Mike. Look at me. Because he wants to be looked at, Michael, no matter what. I didn't understand half that phone call. it It was a little meandering. Uh, I don't think you got destroyed in the Yankee argument. I think you brought up a good point. The Yankees and the Cowboys are kind of on the same well, level. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not. I'm not getting it's just on that you. The Yankees have had more success of late. Well, they, they, well, yeah. Well, well it's one championship compared to. Well, but so since the Yankees their last won, championship, the Yankees have won five. Since I the Cowboys' last championship, but you know, but since 2000, you know, they, they both, the Cowboys have done, and the Yankees have won. I'm just saying the expectations are high. They're the center of attention in their sport. But 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 they just, have, they seem to have all of the ability. Even though there's a salary cap, the Dallas Cowboys have a way. They make tons of money, mm-hmm. and they have had tons of talent. And the expectations are Super Bowl or bust, and they have failed. The difference is, is that you know Jerry does change coaches. 
But he, but the Yankee, the, the Yankees. I just looked at. If you look at Aaron Boone and you look at Mike McCarthy, there are similarities. Except Mike McCarthy won someplace else. But there's been a lot of winning in the regular season that, with the Yankees, you could say, has been able to keep Aaron employed, and it's been okay, but, but, but it hasn't really helped the Cowboys, who have been routinely making the playoffs, but have had very little success in the postseason. But both organizations have taken the route of being more stable. 12 years of Torrey, 10 years of Girardi, and now all these years of Boone. They, they just don't fire people. Right. And then the Cowboys just had 10 years of Jason Garrett, and got nothing out of him. But, but I have heard a little conversation from you and others saying, but look at the Yankees' regular season success. Look how much they've won, and they're there every year. Well, so are the Cowboys, but... but the Cowboys get knocked out in the first round. Well, the, the, the Yankees... I mean, they won the division last year, the Cowboys, this past season. Right. They, uh, what, what is Mike... How many playoff games? They won, they won they won a round last, last year. And, and the Yankees won a round against uh, Cleveland t- two years ago. Right. But otherwise, it's been somewhat similar. Neither have gone to a but Super Bowl the, or World Series. But since their Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. The Cowboys have not gone to an NFC Championship they've game. They've won since the their Yankees last Super Bowl. The Yankees have gone to World Series. They've gone, they've gone, to, uh, they've gone to ALCSs. So they've, they've gotten to that it, last it's, step. It, yeah, not lately. Of course lately. Two years ago. They lost to the Astros. They got swept by the Astros two years ago. Right. And this year they they didn't make the playoffs. And the Yankee and the Cowboys made it to the division. But it, there are some similarities. It's similar, but the, the the Yankees have not been as talented and healthy as the Cowboys have been, and they haven't had the level of flop. Now, I would argue. I did say this at the time, and I maintain this. I do think the way the Yankees lost to the Astros was brutal. I think that was really, really tough. But and, but the Yankee it would be as if the like the Cowboys went into the game against the Packers without Dak Prescott and without well, no, C.D. For, Lamb. even beyond that, they would have beaten the Packers and then lost to the Eagles. Let's say who were a better team, right? Because let's be fair, well, the Yankees were banged up in that Astro series. Yeah, they were. They, they were. really were. I mean. Again, there's no such thing as excuse. I don't buy that. There are excuses. There are reasons why you lose. Now, I, again, also I, the Astros were better. Now, I do think though that those reasons are still on the team, but I don't think they're on the manager. You see what I'm saying? Yep. We're talking about Mike McCarthy. You can't look at Aaron Boone and blame him for the injury problems we've had on the Yankees. No, no, absolutely not. And, and for the somebody, record, I guess has to be blamed, whole, but not him. Yeah, I agree. The, the, the whole conversation starts on a false premise, though, because Michael A never said the Yankees absolutely should not fire Aaron Boone and never said that the Cowboys should fire Mike McCarthy. I, on the other hand, came on the air on Tuesday and said, I was shocked to hear Greg Olson on the broadcast say, anyone who thinks they should fire Mike McCarthy is crazy. And by the way, he doubled down today. He said, I guess I was right. He said that on Twitter. He must be friends with Mike McCarthy, right? There has to be some, I, I don't know what he was... Well, why don't you listen to what Don has to say about BetMGM? Oh, sure I will. Now, there's never been a better time for football fans to bet on the big game with BetMGM. Download the BetMGM app to get in on all the action for the biggest Sunday of the football season. Can't be in Vegas for the big game? The BetMGM app brings the gridiron action to you with a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and player props. The BetMGM app is your betting home for the big game. From spectacular catches to game-winning drives, BetMGM makes every play matter more than ever. Download the app today and discover why BetMGM is the first choice for the final kickoff. The big game is here, and the end zone excitement doesn't get any bigger than this. Get off the bench and into the huddle with the king of sportsbooks. See BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager and physically present in New York only. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. 
Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Hear more of Michael, Don, and Peter live weekday afternoons starting at 3 on 98.7 ESPN in New York. The ESPN app, the TuneIn app, or on your smart speaker. Hey Alexa, play 98.7 ESPN.